Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth, presented by Kimball Livestock Exchange and by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. My guest is Peter Orwick, Executive Director of the American Sheep Industry Association. We'll hear from him after this. Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you, but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to chute, AeroQuip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. AeroQuip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. The American Sheep Industry Association Convention is this week, January 18th through the 21st, 2023, in Fort Worth, Texas. Association Executive Director Pete Orwick says the wool industry hasn't been immune to the logistical problems plaguing many industries. In fact, we saw it early just because when the retaliatory tariffs came on with the trade fight with China, they're our number one export market, so it definitely slowed down our shipping. And then with COVID, you know, our, our freight container rates went through the roof. Ocean-going freight costs went through the roof. So it became very difficult to move uh, a lot of those wools. And those tended to be the coarser, the colored uh, wools. Uh, so that really slowed that market down. We put a lot into storage uh, of, of late on, on that category as well. Finding storage, is that an issue, being able to store it, keep stuff at the temperature it needs, the the humidity level, that sort of thing that it needs so that it's still in great shape when it can come out and, and get shipped where it needs to go. Which that's that's one of the things about wool is you can you can do that. You can have wool two and three years old that you know as long as you're keeping the moisture out of it. Um, there part of this is being stored on farm, part of it's being stored at the warehouses, uh, including the warehouse in South Dakota. So our, our thinking is for a lot of those uh, those wools that need to be exported, we've just got to have China get back into the into the market. And of course, the strength of the U.S. dollar is not helping us on the export side. For the most part, I think people are really looking at their inputs. You know, cost of transportation, trucking, feed uh, have all gone up. So most people are really focused on their input costs. I'm not very familiar with the sheep industry, let alone the, the wool side of things. When we say storage for wool, you know, I immediately think agriculture storage, I'm going to grain bin and big grain pile and that, you know, that type of thing. What sort of storage facility does wool get stored in? Well, actually, you know, you can store it in sheds and in equipment uh, sheds. Um, we tend to package in 400, 450 pound bales, um, square packs. And we build those just for more uh, convenience in shipping and in stacking in containers to go overseas. Uh, so that's the important part of, uh, of shearing is, is preparing your wool into the proper bale. Um, so, but we do have a wool marketing loan program under USDA, and that's currently paying 40 cents a pound grease. So that's been a big help. So anybody that's, that's getting in the mode to prepare to shear this fall or this winter, uh, if they haven't done so, stop by FSA office and get signed up for the wool marketing loan program. Is it primarily raw wool products that we're shipping overseas, or are we actually doing the manufacturing of things here and then sending those over? More, more of it is actually the, the, the greasy wool, the raw wool. Um, and that's just because while we have equipment uh, to process through the whole chain, uh, like all the 
the uniforms for U.S. services, uh, men and women, are all built in America, American walls. So we have the supply chain, but it's not near the size of what we have in China. China alone could be 80% of the equipment in the world. Uh, you know, that's, and that's why just actually the other day USDA was asking us, you know, why, why China with such focus? And, and we, uh, we shared back with them that that's where most of the equipment, even if we find a buyer elsewhere in Europe, they still may be going to China to process. Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on Cattle USA. Visit KimballLivestockExchange.com to view upcoming sale information. For more sale information or to consign, call the barn at 605-778-6211, chat at 605-870-0697, or wade at 605-730-1801. The wool that stays in the U.S., you mentioned military uniforms. Uh, what are some of the other primary products or end products that we're using wool for these days? Some of the maybe more creative things that we're not thinking about. Actually, uh, the first one that comes to mind are wool socks. We have 140 different labels, brands, companies that label a wool sock. We have probably half a dozen mills that are building them. Um, for these various companies. But that, that market has just been uh, super for the last five or six years. And, uh, you know, so that's very helpful to us. And those socks tend to come from the wools, that 23, 25 micron wool that really is a sweet spot in, in areas like South Dakota um, for, for wool. Uh, so we actually refer to South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana. Uh, they're the territory wolves, and they've been known as the territory wolves for decades. How is the supply of wool for all of the products that we're using it for? Are, are our producers keeping up with the demand? Are we seeing kind of an ebb and flow in sheep production numbers? When the pandemic hit, it hit right at Easter, Passover, our single biggest marketing uh, period of the year for lamb. So it really threw us for a, for a loop uh, because the, the grocery stores just, it, it, they, weren't, they weren't in the market for it. So, but the odd thing that came out of that pandemic is because the meat cases got so drawn down, we had customers that got to the far end of the case, they hadn't been there before, and they found lamb. It was what was available. They tried it. They liked it. And they have been coming back uh, steadily up until the, the, to the point that, that we drove the price of, of lamb, live lambs, into the 2 and a half to $3 a pound mark. Incredible prices last year. Well, by the time that got to the meat case this uh, past winter, we started finding the consumer resistance point. And, uh, and we're still a little bit there yet. We haven't moderated the price at retail uh, sufficiently to get the, the movement going again. So we've seen prices that are probably about half of what they were last year. And in a few cases, not, not even uh, eligible for a bid yet. So, so that's, a, that's a tough challenge for us. The fortunate part, a lot of our lambs in, in this part of the country have been going into the ethnic, non-traditional market. You follow the sale barn auction prices, uh, that's really what's driving it. And the other interesting thing is uh, ewe lambs, yearling ewes, going back into the breeding herd, uh, much stronger market than we have for the, for the market lambs. So that tells you people are going to restock and they're going to put more sheep into that mix. Even if our producers are getting 
half the, the price per pound that they were getting maybe a, a year ago when it was so high. Is half that price still a pretty good price, but it just doesn't seem as fun since they were getting twice that not that long ago? Well, you know, it, it is all relative. We've got some wools that are in storage that didn't get sold, but they had bids on them. Um, but the market in 17, 18, and 19 were just so marvelous for wool that it's pretty tough to look at a price that's not in that category. Uh, you know, on the lamb side, it's all about input costs. Trucking, feed, everything that you buy to keep these uh, sheep uh, grazing day in and day out is gone up. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's much leaner. But again, record prices last year, this year is, is just much leaner. But I think the fact that uh, they were pulling new lambs out of the feedlot all summer long because they could see that there was probably a better return to turn them into the breeding herd uh, than to try to force them into the marketing chain for the for the meat business. So I think between that and these ewe lambs that are being pulled out of the out of the herds for replacements this fall speaks well for our growth next year. In the United States, where are our major sheep producing? areas. I don't know if it's states or parts of the country or where are most of our sheep and lamb um, being raised? Texas is by far and away the largest sheep producing state. Uh, not wool producing but sheep producing. Uh, California is uh, is number two by a, by a large margin. And then you move into the Utah, Wyoming and South Dakota region uh, to round out that top five. So uh, that's why we see a a real concentration of lambs moving into the feedlot, both in South Dakota, Iowa, Minnesota, part of them going into Colorado, Nebraska, um, and you also have a strong warehouse system uh, as well for the wool side of the business based out of South Dakota, Montana, Wyoming. Any other bits of information you'd like to share? We're at Well I've got you here uh, in person today. We are encouraging folks to strongly consider our national convention. We're in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, we haven't been there in many years, so we're looking forward to uh, to joining the membership in Texas. We'll have lamb panels. The entire wool industry is there from from Burlington, the big uniform uh, fabric, to uh, to the traders, the exporters, the warehouses, uh, the entire wool industry is there. So if you want to hear the discussion and their projections and what they're expecting, uh, then Fort Worth in January will be the place to be. With Agriculture In-Depth brought to you by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier and by Kimball Livestock Exchange, I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.